Uh, this morning, we're starting our series on Jonah, and uh, today we're just going to be talking about the first section of Jonah, really his uh, running away and ending up on the ship and then being cast overboard, and, uh, and, that, and we're going to leave it there with Jonah in the, ocean, in, in the sea, drowning. Um, that's where we're going to end today. So um, don't worry, we've heard the rest of the story already, and we know that God rescues him, um, but we're going to talk about this first part. Um, the book of Jonah, I think, uh, can be seen as kind of a mirror. And this comes from uh, Eugene Peterson, uh, who we read his translation of Jonah uh, from the message. But he wrote a book called the Under the Unpredictable Plant. And he used uh, the Jonah story as actually a way of talking about ministry. But one of the things he talks about in that book is how the book of Jonah is a mirror for seeing ourselves. And so I'd like us to think about this idea of looking at Jonah to see ourselves in the story. Jonah is asked to go to Nineveh, but he goes to Tarshish, or heads off trying to go to Tarshish. Tarshish was a place that was uh, romanticized in the ancient world. It was considered sort of on the far edge of the world. It's uh, in Spain. Um, and so for them, that was as, pretty much as far as you could go. Um, and uh, Nineveh was also quite far in the opposite direction, traveling across land. So you could go by sea to Tarshish. You go by land to Nineveh. And Tarshish was kind of this place of adventure, or it was like an exotic location. Like it was far, far away, as far as you can go, the edge of the world, and it was a place you would go thinking, I'm going to find adventure, I'm going to find something wonderful and great. It might be a place that we actually would want to go, a place that we might long for, and I wonder, when I look at the Jonah story, is Jonah longing to get out of where he is? Is maybe the last thing he really wants to do is go to Nineveh, and the, the thing that he really wants to do is go to Tarshish? And I wonder if our lives are like that. Is that part of the mirror where we have something that we long for? Do we long for something better or something more in our lives? And some of us might have the instant reaction, well, not really. Um, but I, I challenge you to think carefully about that and even maybe think about it, not for yourselves sometimes, because sometimes we put that on someone else in our family, like for our children, um, or for somebody else that we know and love and care about, where we long for something better, something more for ourselves or for others. And I think when we reflect on that and start thinking about that, we find that that longing or that sense of hope seems somehow built into the human condition. And we can find that in some ways in the Jonah story, that perhaps he was longing to get away, to escape. I think the first part of the mirror is this. God asks Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he doesn't go. But it's much more than just not going, right? So it's not, Jonah doesn't stay, right? That's not the story. The story is not just simple disobedience of, I'm, well, I'm not going to do what God asks me to do. What does he do? He runs in the other direction. He goes the completely opposite way that God's asked him to go. And he goes to a place that is 
romanticized, a place that is built up, a place of hope where your dreams may come true in Tarshish. God says, here's where I need you to go. And it's as though Jonah just hears, I need you to go. And then instead of going where God tells him to go, he decides I'm going to pick my own destination. I've decided the best place to go. It's there. What's interesting in this story is that God is a God of action. God actually wants us to move, doesn't he? And you find that throughout scriptures. He tells Abraham to go. Go to the land that I will show you. He sends Moses into Egypt to lead his people out of slavery to go. Jesus asks his people, follow me. He asks them to go. And then at the end of Matthew and the end of the Gospels and in the book of Acts, what else does he do? He commissions them and sends them out to go with good news. God is a God of movement, of going. And with Jonah, we see that our immediate problem is not actually inaction. It's not just sort of being sedentary and not going. Our immediate problem is actually movement in the wrong direction. We actually don't tend to stay put, even if we live in the same place our whole lives. We go. We chase after things. We go after something more. We want the trip to Tarshish. We want the life either for ourselves or for our loved ones, God tells Jonah to go, God tells us to go, but it's Jonah who chooses where. God's destination is simply not what Jonah wants. Now, why? I was thinking, well, Nineveh's a long way off, and also there were enemies of God's people in Nineveh. Nineveh was not part of Israel, and um, it was also a really great city, as shown in the text, a big city, lots of people there. So God is basically telling Jonah to go into enemy territory. So that doesn't sound like a great idea, does it? Jonah is a story about extremes. Nineveh and Tarshish. Even in Jonah's prayer, which we'll look at next week, there are extremes in that prayer. You know, exaggeration. I sunk down to the depths where the mountain roots are and seaweed was around my head. And, like, it's this extreme language. Nineveh and Tarshish are on opposite sides of, of the world as far as Jonah's concerned. This is kind of like God saying to one of us, I want you to go to Syria to proclaim good news there. And what we hear is go, and we think, oh, I'll go to Vegas. <laughs> That's what Jonah's doing. That's what Jonah's doing. So it's not as simple as rationalizing Jonah's choice to not go to Nineveh by saying, well, it's hard, and there's enemies, and those kinds of things, and that's, there's a rational reason why he didn't go. I mean, he's not, it's not just, oh, it's hard, so I'll stay where I am. It's, oh, it's hard, so I'm going to go and escape to Las Vegas. That, that's what it is. And in, in the end, it's basically God told him to go, and he doesn't want to. And so let's look at our lives. God nudges us along the path of righteousness, not that it's always an easy path. And what do we tend to do? We tend to turn the other way. This all ought to remind us, actually, of the, the first couple of stories in the Bible of Adam and Eve. Even in the midst of a garden where everything is provided for them, what happens? They long for more than what they have. 
and they seek it where more most certainly won't be found and where God has deemed that they must not go to seek it. Yet that's where they go. That's the human story. Jonah makes the decision that he can decide better than God. God says, go to Nineveh, and he decides, Tarshish sounds better. And what happens? A storm hits them. Well, God's path to Nineveh starts to look a little better now, doesn't it? The storm that arises reminds us that our own choices of destination, uh, that, that our own choice of choosing the destination, uh, that's also fraught with problems. Uh, we don't see it when we set out, when we make the choice, but then it happens. Tarshish looked like a great place to go, but where did this storm come from? Does this look like anyone's life that you know? I've got my direction. I've got a picture of the life I want for myself or for my children. And then somehow, what just happened? There's a storm out of nowhere. Or maybe it was building and we saw it, but we just didn't think it was going to be this bad. I had the picture. I had the destination. And where did the storm come from? Does that sound like anyone you know? And for good measure, it's not just Jonah that's in trouble. There's a boat full of sailors with him. And it's his fault. Not only has Jonah's poor choice put himself in a bad situation, but he's put all the sailors in danger as well. Does that sound like anybody that we know? Right? It's, we make a bad choice in life. We go in the wrong direction in life. There's relationships. There's people around us. They're all affected. It's not really good news. And the sailors and Jonah then discover that Jonah and his running away from God, that that is the problem. That that is why the storm is happening. To their credit, to the sailors' credit, they don't want to throw Jonah overboard at first, even though Jonah says that. I mean, that's actually pretty good, right? So they don't want to do it at first, but they just can't see another way out. Eventually, at Jonah's insistence, they do throw him overboard, and the sea calms down. Now, something really bothers me about this. Well, a few things do. The first thing that bothers me is that I don't want us to take out of this that it's our poor choices that'll cause things like natural disasters and storms and things like that. Okay, that's, I don't think, what we're trying to find in this mirror in the text. I think in the mirror of the text we can find that when we set off in certain directions, we think that everything's going to be smooth sailing to Tarshish. And the reality is it's not. Now, we'll find it's not particularly smooth sailing going to Nineveh either. So it's not that listen to God and everything will be fine. It's saying don't think it's going to be fine. Things are going to happen. And you're going to need to rely on God in the midst of life. Another thing that bothers me about this text is why doesn't Jonah say, 
this is all my fault. If we just turn back, I'll be on my way to Nineveh. Why does he say, throw me overboard? Seems kind of strange. Or more importantly, why doesn't Jonah pray to God and tell God there and then, God, I'm sorry, I will go to Nineveh for you. Just keep us all safe from this storm. Notice that until Jonah is in the belly of the fish, he doesn't pray. The sailors pray. They pray all over the place. They pray to their gods. They pray to Jonah's God. They're praying all the time for safety from this storm. Jonah doesn't pray at all. He says, throw me overboard, and the sea will go calm. This bothers me. Why why doesn't Jonah come up with a better solution than throw me overboard? Why doesn't he pray and say, I'm sorry, I'll go to Nineveh, let's turn the ship around, let's ride out the storm, something. But his solution is, throw me overboard. His solution is, kill me, I want to die. We didn't read chapter 4, and that was because the kids, I wanted the kids to hear the fun story. The story's not so fun in chapter 4 because it becomes clear that Jonah wants to die again and again and again in chapter 4 when we get there. So you have something to look forward to at the end of the series. (laughs) But I didn't think that would be a great ending note for the kids to go to Sunday school. What's with Jonah here? Why throw me overboard? Sailors pray to their gods. They even pray to the one true God, but Jonah does not. And we need to realize that Jonah is a prophet. And not just because of this story. The implication is Jonah was already a prophet before this, and and he's continuing on as a prophet. So God has called him, and now... He has gone the wrong way. He cannot see the way back in the midst of the storm. What he can see is that he, be- he believes it is better to sink in the depths than to keep going. Better to sink to the depths than to turn this ship around. Better to die right here and now than turn around. What's that word for turning around that we use in the church? Repent. Better to just die in the sea than to repent, than to humbly turn back to God, even in prayer. Jonah has failed. He's run to Tarshish, sought to fulfill his own destiny by his own choice, and he's been beaten by the storm. It's better to be beaten than to go back. Now, it could be pride. It could be shame. It could just be that Jonah simply doesn't see how to get back, that he can't imagine how to stay in the storm. That maybe he can't imagine how to face God. Sometimes we've gone our own way and we can't see the way out because we're in the middle of the storm. So when we look at this story, we're not in the middle of the storm. We're on the outside saying, well, Joni had all kinds of choices. What's wrong with you? 
But that's not how it is when you're in the middle of the storm, is it? Sometimes we just can't see a way out because we're in the middle of the storm. And sometimes failure is so hard to face. When we turn to face God in repentance, we come face to face with our poor choices, our sins, our disobedience. And that can be really hard to bear. So why ever would I do it? Better to sink to the depths. And that's what Jonah chooses. Throw me overboard. Let's just give up here. You'll all be safe. I'll die in the sea. And something amazing happens in this first chapter of Jonah, though, in the middle of all of this. What happens? God actually uses Jonah. Despite despite Jonah, despite himself, I mean, he wasn't the picture model, model prophet, was he? Not just the running away, but what was happening in this storm where Jonah forgot to pray, what was Jonah doing? Sleeping through it. Thanks for your help, Jonah. But somehow, in this storm, God uses Jonah to save the sailors. And not just in the physical sense, does he? Because what's happening by the end of the chapter? The end of the chapter, the sailors worship God, make vows to him, and make sacrifices to him. They've prayed to their gods. That didn't work out so well. They listen to Jonah. They realize who Jonah's God is. And they end up, by the end of it all, worshiping God. Pretty amazing. God uses Jonah, even though Jonah gets it absolutely all wrong. Now, I want you to remember that Jonah is not a how-to book. It's also not a how-not-to book. Okay, so like, don't, don't do what Jonah did. And do I think Jonah's a mirror. Jonah is a mirror. It's not about, hey, here's how Jonah messed things up, so don't be like Jonah, everyone. That's not what it's about. Rather, the book of Jonah shows us what we are like, how life is experienced. This is what we do. We run to Tarshish, making our own choices for how to fulfill that longing that we have, and storms hit us. And we don't know what to do when we're in the middle of them. We don't know how to get back to shore. We don't know how to take this step in the right direction. That, Jonah's a mirror. It's showing us what it is like, how this is true, and how God knows it is true. But this mirror It shows us more than ourselves. It also shows us God. God saves the sailors. Jonah doesn't see that. Jonah's busy sinking into the depths when that happens. But God is working on a totally different picture than we are a lot of the time. God saves the sailors. And next week we'll focus on how God rescues Jonah provides the fish and then calls him again. I think it would be a mistake to think that this mirror is meant to teach us, okay, here's how you live and here's how you shouldn't live. The mirror, I think, is meant to show us this is what we're like as human beings, but more importantly, this is what God is like. 
This is how God acts towards us in our running away and in the storms that arise in our lives with correction, with compassion, with salvation in all circumstances.